Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. Over time, we've, uh, we've picked up some things that we find work better than other things, and it changes. And one of those areas that um, we were talking about recently has, had to do with a, a particular environment set up for testing. And, you know, we used to, I'll, I'll get specific here, and then we can get into the conversation. Actually, you yeah. think I can interrupt for just a second? You, you said something that I found really interesting. Okay. Is, we, we, well, we, we do the best we can, basically. Yeah. But that, cha- that changes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think before we go on, we should admit that, like, at this current time, and at the current time of all the podcasts that we record, <laughs> whatever we say is our best interpretation, our best guess of how to move forward. You know, is that like uh, a disclaimer for all no, of the? No. Uh... <laughs> well, no, because what I was thinking about is like, what what if um, now that we've been doing this for a while, like, mm-hmm. what if there are some things that we have changed your mind on? Oh. Do we have to like be quiet about that, or can we record another podcast and let people know that hey, whoops, you know, we yeah. learned something new, you know, and uh, so that's the point of this is saying that you know at this time this is our best understanding of stuff, and that's. That's that's actually healthy, and that's what normal for all programmers yeah. is. Is we got to make sure that we're always constantly learning and stuff like that. And I think it's very dangerous to fall into this sort of thing that, like, whatever you know now is the best <laughs> way of doing it. It's the best way with all the information available and yeah. with the way that you've synthesized it at this time. Yeah, because um, some people just get locked into stuff. I know I have. Oh yeah, you get locked into a certain idea, and then you just don't let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think sometimes we even preface it too because some of these decisions are contextual to your project and your team and, and different things too. So, but that's a good point. And I am personally always happy to share something new I learned because it's a it's a constant thing. So I I don't I don't uh, feel shy about that at all. So all right, good, good aside. Getting back to the particular topic though is uh, testing. And so in when we run our tests you have a different environment available to you. You know, you can set it up different ways. We we use phpunit.xml uh, to set up environment and other different settings that we want to change. But one is the the queue driver. And so, you know, going back a few years, we would typically set that to sync in the testing environment because we don't want it to like get queued up into Redis or something like while the tests are running. That, that That's a little weird. So sync felt like a good alternative. And recently, we changed our mind. We said, you know what? I think null is a, actually a better queue driver. And so I, I wanted to kind of talk through that decision, how we reached it, and what benefits we found uh, on today's episode. Sure. The, the first thing I started thinking about when, I, when, I, when this idea came to me, too, was what are, what are listeners and what are jobs and how do those uh, apply to controllers and console commands and stuff? Yep. And I started thinking about it and I really thought, you know, a listener in a job without too much, you know, argument getting way to do detail is almost the same level and same sort of qua- like experience as a controller. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost something that I need to be able to test again. So I can test my controller, I can test my uh, job. It's like with, with models, for example, like you might um, test a model method how it's used in one of your controllers, but in order to do something faster, we talked about integration tests Mm -hmm. and we'll just run through all the rest of the stuff inside of the integration test version of it. 
So it's the same sort of thing for jobs is, is yeah, they, they maybe are part of one process. And so we want to test them as part of that process to make sure they're kicked off, but we don't necessarily need to know that they were successful because they're a whole other command or a whole other set of logic that we're going to test on our own. Yeah. So th- that's good. And I, I think that's a good way to set up how we reach the decision, but I'm, I'm just going to repeat it back to you. Cause I think I heard what you said. Um, but, but maybe just to clarify a little bit. So it's not that we're not testing the logic inside the job. Let, let's just say a job can do one of three things, or there's like three possible paths through it. It's, it's just that, where do you test that? Like if, mm-hmm. if, if a controller emits that job, and let's say the controller itself has three different happy paths through it. Like now you start multiplying those things. And, and so it feels a little much to test all the permutations of the job in the context of the controller. So you're saying just have, we would have a separate integration test for the job. Mm-hmm. And then, then maybe to take it to the next step, then, then what do you actually test in the controller related to the event slash job? Well, so since um, we're te- we have it in our controller, no matter if it's in sync or in null, mm-hmm. uh, we have to fake it out and then, you know, test that it was emitted. I right. guess right. The, the difference is, is white box versus black box testing in a way. So this is getting kind of deep, but the, the point is like you might write tests differently based off of if you know how the code works and you can trust what you can read. Now mm-hmm. that's a really slippery slope because <laughs> then, well, if you can read it, why you need to test it and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But, but in this case, it's almost, there's actually a little bit of a difference is when we do our uh, feature based testing, we're supposed to look at what the in, incoming data is and what the results are. And you're not necessarily supposed to understand the interiors of it. You're testing the, in, the start and the end. And the reasonably certain that if your code is correct, your start and end will always be the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the point of the test. So really when you're running jobs and queue listeners and stuff in sync, you don't necessarily even test that they exist. I mean, you, you might fake them out or whatever, Right. But really what you're going to test is that the result of what they did is, is done. And so you get, you, you have a benefit of like, you don't necessarily need to know that there's a job in there, or if it's a black box test, you wouldn't know that someone issued a job. Mm-hmm. You just know that after this is done at some point, all these things happen. Yeah. Whereas if you know a little bit more about the code, you can say, well, I, I know that a job is kicked off. I don't know necessarily what happens in there, but that's fine because I don't need to know all I need to know is that this job gets kicked off with the proper parameters. And uh-huh. so then you can sync that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, put, put, I'm sorry, you can put that in um, null queue and you can then assert that that was kicked off in that sort of thing. But you don't have to go further on down that whole chain of understanding what the job's end result is. Right. I, and I like to visualize things in my head, especially as it pertains to how Laravel works internally. And so... I, I just, I'll, I'll kind of share my mental model of how this works. So when you say event fake, right, all that's doing is it's intercepting anytime an event is dispatched and tracking it in, in internally uh, for your test, for later test assertions. Yeah. So if you event fake, regardless of what the driver is, null, sync, Redis, whatever, it, it's never going to be put into that configured destination, the fake is going to prevent it. And the, the destination, the, the, what I'm calling the destination, Q equals null, Q equals sync, 
is if you don't fake it, where would the framework deliver that event to be processed by by some listener or some other thing happening? Yeah. And so yeah. They're, they're kind of two different things. And I, I think that might be, if you don't have that mental model, it might be a little confusing. Like, well, if I fake it, like, what does it matter what the driver is? Well, <laughs> that that's the point we're making is the driver is important for those scenarios where you're not going to fake it, but you don't want it to run because it's not the thing you're testing right now. Yeah. And, and you know, the examples that we use in a lot of our projects only have maybe one event and listener wired yeah. up, you know, or yeah. not total in the project, but like uh, event to listener is one to one, or maybe there's yeah, just a single to... job or something like that. Um, w- this becomes more important when uh, events maybe has four or five listeners on it. And, mm, sure. and maybe you're going through a loop of things and you're issuing, you know, 27 different jobs on something, um, then this becomes much more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a, that's a good distinction. I, it, I've heard some developers just don't like events in general because it it is sort of this, it gets complicated fast. And so we, we try to strike that middle ground, um, not to get off topic here, but to not just fire events for the sake of like decoupling logic. Like that's not the mechanism that events are used for a very specific thing. Either we're tapping into events, Laravel itself is already emitting so we can customize some behavior or, or extend some functionality, or it's just something we, it, when a user is hitting a, a controller, we wouldn't want them to have to wait for the results of that, uh, that job to run. Like sending an email is, is maybe one example. Mm-hmm. One other thing, just, I, I, and I know this wasn't the driving force, but um, looking back at, at our discussion on it, it, it also can affect performance of your tests, right? Like, so yep. it, in the scenario of sync, maybe nothing bad would happen if those jobs run. Like it's not going to affect the reliability of our test. It's not going to do anything bad like that. But even if it takes, you know, half a second or something for that job to run, like why add that to your test? Like test, I don't think anyone has ever said, oh, my tests run too fast. Like, like it's just, so it's another reason why when we look back on this decision, it's like, you know what, that that made a lot of sense. Set it, set it to null. Doesn't prevent us from faking and asserting, but it it does free us up when we're exploring multiple happy paths, you know, through a controller to not always have to worry about the event if they're not relevant for every happy path. And that speed definitely is affected for, let's just say there is an observer on a model mm-hmm. and you're creating a model and the observer is set up in your application that it creates a hundred child records. Oh, um, okay. And that, that that's what you want to have it happen. Um, and normally maybe in your application, it happens in a queue. So the user is never sees that it takes, you know, does a hundred more queries. Um, but it does. And so now let's just say you're running through all different ways that this can be created, validating stuff, you know, all these different yeah. things in the background, it's creating this hundred models each, each time that you don't really don't need because you tested it once and you know, it's going to happen if it's ever created. Seems like some of our, our stories tie back to the grocery store. And I, I had a, a recent experience I want to share. Um, specifically about the deli counter you know there's like a whole uh, etiquette that goes with like you you know there's multiple people waiting what order they get served in things like that but this isn't about that well normally they have they have a number right you just take a number um the one i go to doesn't but yes i've seen that that's more of like an old timey thing isn't it uh it's more when there's a bunch of people oh yeah well this this is like a deli inside of a grocery store and they never have numbers and they always have like multiple people waiting so Okay. Something for the suggestion box next time I'm there. I like it. <laughs> but uh, I was behind this uh, older couple and um, they were ordering. And I just, ha- I just have to share with you what their order was. And I-, I want you to tell me 
what you think it means. The gentleman said, I would like one slice of ham enough for two people. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> while you're collecting yourself, I'll tell you what happened to me. I'm standing there with my wife and we both looked at each other like, did, did we hear that correctly? And uh, he, in fact, repeated it because the person behind the counter had a, had a little look of puzzlement <laughs> on their face as well. So what do you, what do you think he wanted, Aaron? I'm going to say I think he wants a really thick piece that they can cut in half and put uh, uh, one uh, like half on each sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this was destined for a sandwich or what was happening here. But yeah, he, he ended up. I think it would, you know, maybe like a quarter inch thick slice of ham. But, you know, just like in the context of everybody ordering their their food and, and you know, especially you ordering deli meats, it's generally sliced or shaved and you say, look, I'll have a pound or I'll have half a pound. But like the, the specificity of what he said, one slice of ham right away, like it, it, you just want a taste of it. You know, some people do that. Like, oh, can I can I try a small slice of the mm-hmm. roast beef? And uh, but just the way he phrased it and the certainty with which he uh, expressed it, I just like. <laughs> but that's what he got. He got, in fact, got one slice of ham in a in a plastic bag, and there were two of them. So I assume they they split it down the middle. Wow. During our podcast, we got a notification that we sold a book. Would you also like to give us money? <laughs> we love getting emails like that. Head over to MasteringLaravel.io. And you'll see our paid and free books. Take a look.